Welcome back to the Hey What's Up pod. I'm gonna talk till I can't no more. My name is Emerson Contreras. <laughs> My name is Ray. And we got a very special guest with us in the building today. It's one of my good friends, my mentee. I guess technically was a mentee at one point. Alan Biggs. How you doing? How you doing? You excited to be here, man? Very excited. I'm Dude, uh, we've been talking for this for a while. You're like, bro, when you can let me on the pod? When you can let me on the pod? And then today it's like, Ray's like, we need to record today. I'm like, all right, let me let me hit my boy up, Alan, so we can get some good topics going on today. It's perfect, too. I didn't know it was coming, so this should be interesting. It's always best when... You have a pod at the last minute. That's how Emerson and I are, are able to crank out some really good conversations. We just improvise. Improvise. Ad-lib, impromptu, whatever you want to call it. We're actually uh, going to be making our debut as actors soon. Uh, watch out for Netflix shorts. Bro, I honestly think I could be a good actor. I think so, too. I like, think you could be one of those, like, brother natures, but, like, a different version, you know? Like a cuter version? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Bro, bro. women go... I don't, I don't even follow brother nature or anything, but obviously retweets of girls being super thirsty for brother nature. Senor nature. I mean, the dude, if you think about it, I think girls like a man who is confident yeah. and loves animals. Yeah. Boom. I easily could have been brother nature. Like, me and him are in the same spectrum of looks, but he's like a nine and I'm like a six. So, like, if I evolved a little bit better, like, I'm Char- I'm Charmander and he's like Charizard. You get what I'm saying? I get you. You know? Like, yeah. we don't look that much different. He's dark skinned. He got my same kind of hair. He has the same head shape. He's like but The dude's got color. freckles. He's a little bit taller. He's like a lean dude, too. <laughs> but damn, Broski, I just roasted I feel like me. that was a roast. I know. He fucking's coming at my neck today. But we have some other great news today, and that is Old Town Road is number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Number one. They said he couldn't do it, and he did it. Bro, that's so fucked up. They took him off the country like, oh, we can't have this black dude you know why? with trap music beats being number one. You know why? Why? Tell me. So it's crazy because like previous country artists... In the past, have definitely used trap oh, beats for before, sure. mm-hmm. and so they saw a black guy doing it, and everybody paying attention to it and, and admiring it, and they were like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 it's too much attention. He's gonna change the whole face of country. We can't let that happen." Yeah, like we gotta get his ass the fuck up out of here. And get, ah, and get, guess who came to the rescue, Ray? Who came to the rescue? Billy Ray Cyrus. Cyrus, dude, honestly, I'm hyped about Billy Ray, and I'm also hyped about Miley. And I'm also hyped about Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana's coming back? Well, she's been posting a bunch of, I guess, like photos of her wearing the wig. Is she like struggling that bad that she has to go back to Hannah Montana? Yes. I mean, a lot of the the main like young artists, they, you know, they haven't really put a lot of things out. Justin Bieber hasn't. Um, Miley washed. True. And he is washed probably. Yeah. He'll, He'll get on another DJ Khaled beat soon. Yeah, but Alan, tell us a little bit more about you, um, what you're passionate about, uh, what you do, what you like to do, your favorite song, feel mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to start off, my name is Alan Merve. Alan Biggs is a nickname I got in like seventh grade from this girl, and it just stuck, so here we are. Um, I like to do a lot of stuff, I'm passionate about a lot. Right now, I'd say my biggest passions. Um really i wouldn't even say right now this is definitely long term so fine art in general uh i have a fine art and creative brand called Graniello calderon um and it's me and a painter that i've known since middle school 
and um you know we've been beasting we've done two exhibitions so far it's been a year we have another exhibition coming up in college station later this month in april where is it at it's gonna be uh at de gallery right off university de gallery de gallery gotcha make sure to check that out for sure um a lot man like so I, f- I feel like something that I, uh, you know, realized about myself pretty early in college that, you know, made me um, a lot more open to different opportunities was just like I'm super curious. So I like started reading a bunch more, like watching random documentaries, random movies, whatever. Yeah. I just like I like to learn about a lot of different things. So that's that's helped a lot. Um, not, in, not even in just college, but just in life in general. Feel like it definitely helps you expand your perspectives yeah that's a, a really good point i think there's a lot to learn from art and i've always been attracted to it because i have an uncle he is an artist on the side he's a professor and he also uh is an author mm-hmm. so growing up i've seen his paintings all my life um i really didn't understand what significance those paintings had until I got older. And then ever since then, I've been able to see other artists that I've been inspired by. And even just like going to art shows and art galleries, I'm able to appreciate a lot of the art there. Mm. But yeah, man, that's really cool to hear that you're doing, um, you know, fine art on the side. What inspired you to do fine art? Mm. So I've been super interested in fine art since like high school just because in high school like I was around a bunch of creative people so we got into whatever we could and once I started to like learn the history of fine art because you know whenever you're in like high school middle school whatever they don't really teach you the history of like the renaissance the baroque period none of that and I think even if they did I don't think most students are mature enough to really understand you know like oh this is fucking boring I remember learning literature and poetry and all the kids like well this is dumb but I really fucking enjoyed that shit facts not even just high school like even college kids oh, yeah, even now yeah even college sure. kids but um yeah because yeah, so. when you think about it when somebody's always trying to insult somebody else they're like oh we're gonna be an art history major exactly <laughs> come on man. which i am not i'm a business major <laughs> <laughs> but um so with aaron he started painting in high school right uh around junior year and he showed me like some of his fir- some of his first stuff and i was like damn like super dope and so i bought like two or three of his first paintings and just supported him since then in terms of like giving him critical feedback because in high school like you were saying earlier most people don't take it that seriously yeah. so they weren't really giving good feedback and because i was giving that um critical feedback you know we were able to develop like an even uh deeper relationship so fast forward to college i graduate high school leave uh home i'm out here and then sophomore year my friend uh you know he's putting on this huge exhibition he's like you know any artists just invite him out yeah i'm like okay bet like i know a guy so i hit him up i'm like yo send me some pieces um i can get it i can get your stuff displayed in like in front of a bunch of people it'd be good exposure so he sends me like i think it was like 10 15 pieces and whenever i received them i like spread them out and i'm just like wow like since sophomore year of high or since junior year of high school this dude's development has been crazy mm-hmm. and I can just see like the level of talent he has and I know that he's nowhere near reaching um, like his his peak. And so we started talking a little bit more about like his intentions and you know what his plan is. He really didn't have one at the time. He was just making stuff to make it. He would post some stuff online whenever, but 
there was no real intention. So, you know, over like the course of a couple of weeks, we talked a little bit more and decided to, you know, partner up and get serious and create Grand Yellow as this entity that would do more um, than just, you know, post pictures on the internet. I think it's like one thing that really stood out to me when you're talking about like, you saw this guy since, since high school mm-hmm. and you made a point to invest in what he was doing and what he was passionate about. You're like, look, let me be a real friend. Cause a lot of people are like, oh yeah, man, I'm really glad that you're painting and it's awesome and great and they're supportive. Right. But you took the time to put money out of your pocket. Like, look, I'm going to pay you for what you're doing. Cause I really fucking believe in what you're doing. And a lot of people really won't do that. Even now in college, you're saying, um, uh, whatever you need to do, look, I'll, I'll handle the business side of everything. We're going to really make this into a brand, right? Something that he needed help with when mm-hmm. he was just painting. He was just doing it for fun. Like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to help you get your name out there, man. And it just seems today more and more people aren't like that, right? 100%. They see their fucking homie doing something mm-hmm. and, and on the in, on the, on the outside, like, oh, yeah, man, I really want you to do well. But on the inside, they're like, they're kind of jealous and they're like... It's a lot I, of snakes out here. I, I hope he doesn't do well, right? Like, a lot of people... Uh, from A and M, we're rooting for Texas Tech last night, right? Oh yeah. Supposedly for the national championship, but deep mm-hmm. down, like I hope they fucking lose because mm. then they're gonna have they can be able to hold that over our heads. I mean, but for me, whenever people are, are following their passion or, or following their endeavors, I always make it a point to support them, you know, and say, look, I I don't ever feel like there's a comp- competition between me and any of my friends because I feel there's space for all of us to be successful, and it doesn't like we don't need to tear each other down. You know, if we're friends, we could all win. And if we all win, we all eat. And if we all eat, that's better for everybody. Facts. Yeah. I mean, me being a photographer on the side and just kind of going into the art world and doing stuff, it's it's hard to find people, even in the art community, that are supportive of each other. Facts. That's why it's really cool that you and your friend were able to, you know, collaborate, support each other ever since, you know, high school. And then actually make something of it and y'all are doing great things so it's cool to see that because you know i've spoken to other photographers and they keep their secrets like it's their mother's secret barbecue sauce from the 40s you know it's like the coca-cola recipe man it's yeah like, oh, bro you know yeah so it's insane and i mean I just don't understand because art is supposed to be collaborative art mm. is supposed to be displayed and shared mm. and there's a lot of people that don't do that no, I think I think you're 100 percent right, man. It, like you said, like Alan said, there's a bunch of snakes out here. There'll be even people who invest a bunch of time and effort into your shit just so they can be close to you, mm-hmm. so they know what's going on, just to undermine you at the end of the day, you know, and make sure that you don't succeed. Which I think is total fucking bullshit, man. Like, y'all need to get over your fucking self. Cause everybody that I see doing something, I'm like, I hope you're fucking successful in everything that you fucking do and you achieve what you want, man. Mm-hmm. What good does it that I have this fucking resentment towards you? That you're doing something you love, right? Because there's a great quote that I learned when I was, um, I forget the name of the prison, but Nelson Mandela was uh, being held there at Robin Island, yes, in South Africa, in Cape Town. Um, and I'll never forget what the tour guide told me. He's like, hating somebody is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to fucking die. Mm. That's a really good point. It's powerful. Um, Let's just kind of talk about what inspires. Oh wait, no, no, no. I think we should just talk about art in general first. Yeah, right? no, I, yeah, and I think Alan has a great perspective on this. So I remember when you were first telling me about Grignello Calderon, um, and maybe tell us a little bit where the name came from as well. Like the reason you started to do this because you also wanted to change the way that 
art was presented and the way people thought about it and the market in general. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, Graniello is from his uh, mother's family name, Calderon, his last name. Mm. And so, yeah, the whole point of Graniello Calderon, just because, like, whenever we started this whole thing, like, the first thing that you do is you go out and you get a feel for what the landscape looks like right and so whenever we were going to galleries talking to different artists whatever whatever realized like like you guys were saying like it's super guarded nobody really wants to let you in on anything and so like after feeling that uh initial apprehension from like the supposed members of this art community we were like man fuck all that like the whole point of art is for people to enjoy it mm-hmm. and for um it to speak to people and so the, whenever I talk about Graniello, I was talking about like three main objectives that we have, which is to way, change the way that art is consumed, experienced, and shared. And so in terms of like the long-term mission, that means like some, it's more than just, you know, taking a picture of what you did and posting on Instagram. It's more than just buying a print. It's more than just walking around a gallery, looking at, oh, that's cool, that's cool, and just blazing past everything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not fully taking in. Or just getting that picture for Insta. Exactly. So you look woke and artsy and all that exactly. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's one thing that I started like realizing I need to do more of, like looking past. More Insta pictures? No. <laughs> no more Insta pictures, man. No. Um... I hate Instagram. Another story, another day. But um, I, I went to this art gallery in South by and I was passing by and I was just trying to see what naturally captures my eye and if I could relate to it in any way. Mm. So I was passing by and I saw a couple of ones that I liked and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a couple of prints because I want to support, you know, the artists here. But I also want to find out why they made that piece and why it's important. Mm-hmm. So I went to the artist and I asked them, what does this piece mean to you? Or like, what were you experiencing to this moment that inspired you to, you know, draw this piece and, or paint this piece. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was one of them and it was called wasted and it was, it's basically a kid with a television as his head. And it's really simple. It's really modern. It's just three colors, white, black, and yellow, yellow being the background. And I asked him like, why did you go ahead and make this piece? And he was like, I felt like I wasted a lot of my time in my childhood consumed by TV, video games, and all sorts of media. Just besides that too, like hearing what people would do on movies and doing the the news, like that consumed me and it didn't really let me become a creative person. And I was like, wow, that's a really like shared thought that I have. So I bought the piece despite, you know, the price because... I actually found myself aligning with what that guy experienced. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like an ideal interaction to where you buy something not because of what other people perceive as yeah. its value, but of what it means to you and the connection you have with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially when going to the value thing, right? I, I was watching this YouTube video that's diving deep into the fucking market of, you know, paintings and art and the art world. It's like, a lot of this is like super high class rich people, right? Mm-hmm. Which automatically puts a barrier for reg- quote unquote regular people to ever get the opportunity to truly appreciate a lot of these pieces. But second of all, people, art dealers, they decide what something is worth, if something is good art or not mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these rich people who buy paintings, it's only to another way to avoid taxes mm-hmm. and things like that as well. 
which I think really bastardizes the whole reason of fucking art. Like, imagine Leonardo, almost said DiCaprio, <laughs> Da Vinci painting the Mona Lisa, right? And at that time, like, imagine having an art dealer saying, okay, that's worth trash. No. The Mona Lisa became big partly because it was Leonardo, right? But also because as a as a zeitgeist, right? People are like, holy shit, that's fucking amazing. Zeitgeist. What did I say? Did I say it wrong? <laughs> Just a funny word. Keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's, that's really what it is, man. And I mean, for me, I don't know anything about art at all. Okay, let me break it down for you real quick. Okay. So in terms of like the art world, yeah. you know, the, the stuff that gets publicized. Oh, this painting got sold for a hundred million type mm-hmm. stuff. I'll break that down. So the way it operates is it starts with the artist. Artist makes, usually they start by creating what is valuable to them. Mm-hmm. And let's say it's an artist that's like in their mid thirties cause they have to go through bachelors of fine arts and they go through the masters of fine arts. Then after the masters of fine arts, they either go through like residencies or they just try to find a dealer to take them on. Yeah. And so once they find a dealer, that's the person that represents them. Mm-hmm. So either so like dealer, an agent, basically, okay. basically, cause they need that person. Cause that person has connections with guess who boom collectors, people yeah. with money. Mm-hmm. So, artist dealer gallery and so the galleries um the dealers have relationships with the galleries and so they try to get the artists that they represent in those different galleries mm, and just okay. like the simple fact that an artist has been exhibited in a gallery especially if it's like one of the big name brand ones like a Gagosian or like a david's werner just being in there yeah. like shoots their value up mm-hmm. regardless of what whatever they painted whatever they drew like it doesn't matter what it is just because they're in there the value of it goes up yeah and then in terms of long term um you know like cultural significance mm-hmm. because just because you sold a painting for a million dollars doesn't mean it's going to be talked about you know 50 100 years from now yeah in terms of cultural significance, that's where museums come in. And so museums are like the um, the Met, the MoCA, the, you know, just the big ones, the MoMA. Being in those places, I feel like, is something that holds value and something that artists strive to do. So that's like the prestige part of it. Exactly. Gotcha. That's the prestige mm-hmm. part of it. But that's also the part that's really, really hard to do, especially for young artists. And, you know, I'm trying to change this thing to where it's, you don't just have to be like a 40, 60, 70 year old person in order to get your works appreciated by the masses. The whole point of Grand Yellow is to, um, you know, reduce all these middlemen and basically connect mm-hmm. the people with the art. That's actually something that I've barely like started to understand. And it's interesting because people think that art is just based solely on skill Mm-mm. and it's just based a lot on being able to network and mm-hmm. being able to figure out what people you know want and it's 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 a lot more complex than people would think mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that are extremely talented that aren't getting noticed that's kind of bullshit man because it's not a meritocracy anymore right yeah. it's not like okay who has the most i don't even know the fucking words they use who has the best painting right like who has the best story behind something who has the best you know illustration of whatever it may be right it's like no like no matter what you do you have very minimal control, at least at this point, over how your art is seen. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe the, is that just a part of art? No, nah, it's just it's not just art, bro. Like the world yeah. is not a fair place. Yeah. Like there's smart people who don't get to go to college. There's amazing artists who never get to get their work displayed. There's amazing musicians that never get to perform in front of crowds. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not just the art thing. That's a that's a really fair point. 
I think something I kind of want to talk about is, you know, all three of us being minorities and then kind of opportunities, you know, let's bring it into art. Do you think that there are so many more people that are minorities that, you know, could be the next Da Vinci, that could be the next Galileo, you know, do you think there's a lot of them out there? I don't think Galileo was a painter. Are you sure? I think he was a scientist. I'm going to be an idiot. I think you think about Leo. He invented the telescope. Yeah, he did yeah. the telescope. Yeah. There's another uh, iconic <laughs> moment of Ray messing up on the pod. <laughs> Shout out to our now three listeners, right? We got another no, one? No, we got five listeners now. Oh, we got five yeah. listeners. Dude, your running was We're worth it. We're taking it to a hundred. <laughs> We're taking it to a hundred, bro. You know what? Thousand. What if I mess up on purpose so people can laugh and stay and be like, damn, I'm smarter than this dude. I need to replace this dude. You know, I think that's what people honestly So they're just going to be hate listening to you from now on? Yeah, they're like, damn. Like, Emerson, he's a funny dude. Alan, so insightful. He's got that real awesome perspective of art. That Ray dude is an idiot, he's though. He's trash. That's really Damn, funny. like Galileo. What the heck? <laughs> like, get Ray the fuck up out of here. I'm just going to fact check everything from from now on <laughs> you're gonna do a lot more research before the pod i was like trying even to like go into like a really deep like conversation yeah. and i just messed it up hey up. no get back on a horse yep oh man that <laughs> okay hold on so i know so we're trying up. to get deep right here but i'm a fucking idiot so so you know how this i'm gonna ride my horse to the old town that's, that's, not, that's not how that goes it is i'm gonna take my horse. wait oh, he was an artist bro Bro, he's, he's just, a baby he bank bitch it. artist. Nah, fam, that's not art, bro. <laughs> Look, check, it says. He just so happened to do art, bro. But he's nah, not, he's not right. known no, for no, his no, art, we'll bro. We'll give that to you, right? He's not that, known for his art. Our fault, our give fault. me my dub, bro. Anyways, hold on. Let me, let me get on this artist little notch real quick. So I thought. <laughs> wait, wait. You said he's not an artist, and then you said, let me get on this, you know, little. Nas being artist, an artist, yeah. so you'd rather Lil call Lil Nas. An He's artist. a music artist. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Why are you describing Galileo? I'm not. Bro? I'm just saying nobody knows him for his fucking shit. Everybody knows, Galile- shit. Everybody knows Galileo because he said the sun was the center of the universe. I mean, the, the solar system, or maybe he said the universe. I don't know. Maybe he didn't know more than that. It's not. But I didn't. I'm. I kept fucking up the lyric, and I didn't know until today when I listened back to the song. It's like, I'm going to take my horse. I thought it used to say, to the hotel room. I thought that too, bro. You're telling me it's old, not that? It's, no, it's Old Town Road. Bruh. Old Town Road? Yes, which makes more sense. How <laughs> would you take a horse to a hotel well, room? That's, that's a red that, so flag. Because in the next lyric, I'm going to ride I'm a ride until I can't no more. So I'm like, is he fucking the horse? Like, I'm very confused. <laughs> like I, So it totally makes sense though now. So now the whole song makes more sense. And I still, I'm still fucking with it. You want some shit, boy? Yeah, but anyways, right? Get get back get back to your fucking question. Okay, so do you think there are a lot of not missed opportunities, but you know, like I guess is it harder for minorities to to do well? In, yeah, in but I think more like along the lines of like neglect. Like, are people neglecting minority artists? You know, young minority artists. I would say that there's been an increase and uh, programs to support specifically minority artists. So like right now there's, I think two uh, African, two or three living African-American artists whose works have sold for like over a million. Um, there's like Carrie James Marshall, there's this other Ghanaian lady, I forgot her name, but like, no, there's, I feel like there's definitely Is support Ghanaian right now. Is Ghanaian from No, 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 like Ghanaian from Ghana, try again. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 
Damn, bro, you messed up. <laughs> I, I asked. I didn't mess up. I didn't know. Bro, everybody going to be caught slipping on this podcast today. Yep. Actually, I didn't slip. I almost <laughs> no, slipped. No, you did slip. You did slip. No, you slipped. We still no, got I, time. I caught my, I caught my fall. Mm-hmm. But that's really cool to hear that mm-hmm. because, you know. But that's just something recent though, right? So that's what I'm saying. It could yeah. be a trend because yeah. like right now there's a huge trend to support African art. But, you know, give it like five, ten years. Maybe that trend shifts and nobody really cares anymore in the representation. And because like diversity shouldn't be like a numbers game. It shouldn't be like, okay, right now we have 90% white artists, 10% black artists. Mm -hmm. Let's increase that number to 15%. Because once you achieve that goal, you know, what's the next step? Find a new goal. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's moving in sort of like trends and like cycles right now versus actually, you know, creating an infrastructure for those black artists. Like, Black museums aren't really getting support. Yeah. Hispanic museums aren't getting, you know, huge national support. So I feel like that's where it has to start is institutional. Yeah. And it's probably because art is so cultural, right? And like, like going back to the point, you know, the people who have the money to afford art are mostly older white people, right? Mm. So they don't connect with the art. This is, this is just me speculating, right? They don't connect with the art of minorities, right? Maybe they just don't want to, right? They don't understand yeah. it. So maybe that's why they don't invest in it as well. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you think, Alan. I'm just throwing shit out there. <laughs> um, what are you going to say, Ray? I was going to say, like, even, you know, in cinema right now, you mm-hmm. have Black Panther mm-hmm. with an overwhelming amount of great talent, you know, that was, you know, not white. And it did phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then you have the movie Us. And then you have people questioning... You know, Jordan Peele's and like, you know, cast selection. And he said, I've already seen the other movie a thousand times. Yeah. Mm. So just with those two films alone, I think we are in that trend that you mentioned. But I also do agree. I think it's a cycle. And I think, you know, it could end. Hopefully it means to build an infrastructure, but we never know. Mm. Yeah, And people are so quick to criticize, man. Like with Black Panther, with us, they're always want to say, "Oh, it only did well because they're black people." And black people went to go see it. Like if black people only go support black, how you do a billion in sales with only? That's black what people I'm saying, bro. You movie. know, there's Come some racist now. motherfuckers out there Come went to go watch Black Panther. And say, I don't, I can't be lost in the Marvel continuity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some KKK motherfuckers had some fucking matches to the screen, man. but he's like, at the end, God damn it. Killmonger was a good villain. They're <laughs> <laughs> so like, dang, that that was a really good soundtrack. Yeah, and, soundtrack and was amazing. My yeah. thing, it gets discredited. Like, oh, it can't be good. It it, it didn't sell so much because it was good. It, it sold so much because oh, black people went to go support it. Right, same thing when Obama got elected. Right, and always discrediting. Like, oh, he only got elected because he was black. No, Herman Cain didn't get elected. Ben Carson didn't get elected. You know why? Because they're trash. <laughs> it just so happened that these movies had cast full of black people. And and Obama was black, you know? Yeah. I mean, very good points. But I do want to talk about, you know, who inspires each of us to create things, to, to be a different person, to be the better version of ourselves. And this can be an art outside of art. This can just be pretty much about everything. Hmm. You go, Ray. I go first? Yeah, you go first. You ask oh, a question. Man. Don't ask a question you can't answer. <laughs> Dang, dude. Just... Oh, that was fine. Mm, that was fine. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you gonna butt me for that one? Okay, so with me personally, I think it has to come down to, to two people. The first person being my grandfather. My grandfather, he was a businessman. 
but more importantly, he was in love with music. And the thing that inspires me from him is that he didn't <laughs> seek knowledge through finding a tutor. He didn't seek knowledge through, you know, going to school. He seeked knowledge by just picking up instruments and learning himself and then like figuring out what things did out of curiosity and out of love. And I think I inherited that because, you know, with stuff like photography, art, even music, like I seek to learn myself because if I learn it myself, I get to call it my own and I get to say that it's a part of me as opposed to something that was, you know, taught to me because I was willing to go ahead and go out and grab it. Hmm. Um, another inspiration, I guess, I think Platon uh, is an amazing photographer because he pretty much isolates his subject and tries to capture the person's entire personality with just one still. And he doesn't have any props. It's just the person in you know a usual outfit with a specific pose that they naturally produce because he not forces but he fosters a great conversation between them that you normally wouldn't get from someone that is accredited hmm. an accredited photographer because i think you know there's there's some artists that are amazing and know what they're doing and there's some that still do that but they have that ego and because they have that ego they treat anyone who walks in, you know, as almost inferior. Mm. But this photographer, he like wants to get to know these people. And he shot all sorts of people from, you know, Obama to Trump to literally foreign enemies and even, you know, like war family heroes, you know, uh, he's even shot Putin before. And to kind of have all those people come into his studio or, you know, him, you know, go somewhere and they meet somewhere and, you know, take photos of them, just being able to capture them. That's pretty inspiring. Mm. So that's a recent inspiration that I've picked up. Mm. By you, Al. Okay. So in terms of like creativity and innovation, um, I would say so. Idols are, you know, idols are dangerous, but the only person I would even like say is my idol is Leonardo da Vinci. Like out of anybody, anything like long-term, short-term, like that's the one, Leonardo da Vinci. Um, just because like one of, obviously he was ridiculously painted or he was ridiculously talented in like everything. Like, cause that's what I seek to be, right? Is multifaceted a renaissance man and he's the only i feel like he's he's the renaissance he man. embodies that to the fullest extent yeah like you were talking earlier about like how you know galileo is perceived as a um scientist scientist but this man painted on the side leonardo like had so many innovations in science like math and engineering that yeah. nobody even talks about just because he has like some of the most famous painting in the paintings in the world because that's that's what that that's what that's, his that's thing. What the, okay like obviously he's more than that right but mm -hmm. like the the thing you're best at is always what people remember you for. I agree, I agree. But let's see who else. Um, Tarantino's crazy with the films. Quentin, Oof. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I heard him and uh, Leonardo da Vinci are gonna do that next movie together. DiCaprio, but okay. I know. <laughs> That's a fucking joke, bro. It's not a joke if you kill it like that. I couldn't tell by your face. Um, Frank Ocean inspires me. Kanye West inspires me. Um. Instagram pages like Humans of New York inspire me. It's a really good page to follow. Incredible. Incredible. 
designers like Ray Kawakubo from Comedy Garcon inspire me. Yeah, just people who are the best at what they do and they're, who, are, who aren't afraid to like break the mold. And all of those artists, all of those people I mentioned, all of, none of them are scared to do that. Man, when I think you're about to drop little knots. No, I don't. I'm not gonna <laughs> drop. I don't even know who inspires me. Like outside of obviously my family, I'm trying to think like a person that I really look up to, that I want to emulate and be like, man. But I don't know, man. I think I just inspire myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, for me, my my inspiration has always come within like I'm just a very competitive person by nature, man, and and. Every day, at least, I try to as often is compete with myself and want to be better than the day I was yesterday, man. I, I'm I'm a super chill guy most days, and and you'll see me just laying around on my phone or talking or joking around all the fucking time, man. But every day I'm trying to be better, a better person in every way that I can. Like I am the most critical person on myself. Anything that you tell me that is wrong with me, I promise you, I've had that conversation with myself already you know and for me and i guess this is where my inspiration comes from now that i'm talking about it it's 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 all those kids who could have been in my shoes who just didn't for whatever reason right like whatever students place i took here at university or at my high school or even sitting in this chair right now with you guys right i want to make sure that i give them my all each and every single time for them so they know that that hey somebody took your spot but you know what they're taking the most they're making the most out of that opportunity man because i i just don't want to let those people down those i get i don't think it's fictional but those people in my head right yeah that's a pretty good point i mean i think also i moved intrinsically you know like i i have to do it for me i have to do it for my family because no one else will you know and coming from a city that's so small 99% Hispanic. Mm-hmm. I never grew up with, you know, being discriminated or being in a, you know, unsafe place, or at least what I thought would be unsafe. Like I was in a safe place because everyone looked like me. Yeah. Everyone talked like me. And most people had the same things as me. Um, fortunately, um, my family was, you know, okay at the moment. Um, but, you know, now that things are different, I still remember going to, to Dallas, Texas, and maybe like the northern suburbs of Dallas, Texas, when I was like in middle school, you know, and my parents would get stared at and, you know, they would kind of show me like, hey, like, it's okay. You know, we're not from around here and we know, we look a little bit different. And I didn't really understand that until I got here to College Station because, you know, my first year here, I was like, it is so different. And I just can't make friends. I can't even have the same, you know, humor. I have to almost, is it code switch or switch code? Code switch. Code switch, switch, switch. right? Like I have to code switch, you know, when I talk to different people because I'm not used to their cultures. I'm not used to, you know, the types of things that they they talk about. And I was a pretty, you know, extroverted guy. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's the same way for me. And I just want to prove to myself and my friends back home and all those people that you can make something out of yourself you just need to have you know someone to look up to or yourself to keep pushing on hey where are you from i'm from laredo texas laredo the valley alan knows a lot of <laughs> yeah it's 
It's surprisingly <laughs> not in the valley. It's actually um, it is the valley. No, so it's I didn't, not even, in I didn't the even tell him to say this, bro. Everybody who's you... not from Laredo or the valley thinks Laredo is in the valley. No, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's actually not. We're we're two hours north. Sounded like I, did, did I hit a sore spot right there? Yes, you did. You did. All the people from Laredo hate it when you say they're from the fucking valley. Dude, I mean, it's so funny because... South Texas. Like, even, you know, friends or my girlfriend were introduced that they're from Laredo and they're like, oh, I love the valley. Like, do you want to join this valley group page? And it's like, well, I mean, I'm not from the valley. It's like, okay, I'll add you. It's like, oh my gosh. It's Damn. like, no one... It's because you guys have the same area code. I mean, yeah, and also we have the same... Yeah. You know, yeah. We have the same personalities we yeah. have the same jokes yeah we eat the same thing same mm. tendencies yeah Wait, how far are you driving from the valley from um, here from the valley uh from here <laughs> no, no 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 from laredo oh from laredo we're two hours oh that's yeah. kind of far yeah so it's kind of far dude i could drive two hours in houston i'm still in houston bro chill no you couldn't <laughs> yeah, dude, I, could, I promise you i could without drive traffic two hours in houston and still be in houston without traffic we're counting traffic baby okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> with no traffic bro, I get anywhere with no traffic like in 10 minutes you can you can travel laredo in like 15 minutes the entirety of it damn and that's even with decent traffic there's mm. some bomb ass tacos down there though Oh yeah, I've the heard, best. bro. I'm trying. I need to get to Laredo at some point, man. It's it's really good. I'll definitely host you if you come by. Um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting, especially like going five hours north to a school that you know is primarily, you know, Caucasian. Caucasian. Yes, sir. So <laughs> why you say Caucasian like that? Caucasian, bro? hailing from the mountains of Caucasus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, and I think, I mean, and I didn't even know we we're gonna get into this topic, right? And I guess we'll just dive right fucking into it. Um, You're dolphin diving, bro. Oh, fuck, I don't know how to swim very well. <laughs> I have <laughs> asthma, bro. I can't hold my breath that long. I mean, but for me, like, that was an excuse. He just can't swim. <laughs> so I can swim. I can't swim effective. Like, if you drop me to like a ten foot pool, I can swim enough to like get to the edge or something and not drown. But I can't swim like a lap, like. I'll probably like swim more. Anyway, it doesn't fucking matter about my swimming ability. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of oh, students, man. when they come to A&M, they really struggle, especially when they come from, you know, very diverse areas or maybe even non-diverse, but it's majority minority, right? Coming to A&M and not really knowing how to interact with people who don't look like them very often. Yeah. And and once, and and for once, feeling like the minority and really understanding what that means, both in, in wealth and in ethnicity and in culture, right? And and what what really frustrates me a lot of the time is that it's very easy to find a place where you're comfortable in, right? Like you join a group or have have a group of friends or join an organization where people look just like you, and you never and it and then you'll never break out from that, man. Especially yeah. when you start up, because like you said, because I felt the same way coming to A and M was like, fuck, I don't feel like myself. Like I feel so different. Um, I just, I'm, I'm being very introverted. I'm used to being extroverted. I'm used to talking to people and it just feels weird. Right. So I could have easily gone in and found my own group and never spread out from that, man. But I think you're missing a lot of experiences if you never do. Cause think about it, man, this college is more reflective of what corporate America is. When you go to corporate America, it's going to be majority white. So you better learn now to college and know how to deal with that and how to interact with those people and know how to make those relationships across cultural and ethnic lines. And you'll be better served in the future, man. But a lot of kids just like staying in that bubble, man. And nothing frustrates me more than that, man. Because you miss out on so many opportunities. 
And I think even something to, to point out is, you know, it's not like we're discriminated here at all. I mean, granted, there's always going to be discrimination everywhere at every school. Yeah. But, you facts. know, everyone's pretty nice for the most part. I mean, I think Aggies are great people. Um, but it is hard to facilitate those conversations to get, you know, that opportunity to hang out with them outside of the classroom because, you know, there is that difference. But it's, it's pretty much what, like, right on what you said. You got to get used to, to working with people from different places you know, different cultures and just knowing how it works because right now that's pretty much how it is in the real world. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, yes, there is wrong with, something wrong with that, you know, but we're gradually on the way to improving that. And a lot of companies are making the right step in doing that. Slowly but surely. All right. So a lot of people who don't know Alan and those who do know Alan know that Alan, and he's very humble about it. He's a very accomplished Young man, hey like, man, chill out. I haven't th- done shit yet. There's no one like more driven, more involved, seeking out opportunities than Alan. Man, like this dude has accomplished twice as much as I have in less the time here at Texas A and M. Man, like weren't weren't you in New York like last year at some banquet getting some big award? What was it? Tell, tell the people about <laughs> ah, it. Bro, you okay? Bet. Um, so uh, it was an, so freshman year, spring semester, when my advisors like sent me this email for this essay competition. I was like, you know, like, why, why would I do that? And I was a freshman. Like, of course, I had ambition, but I, I had to look into it a little bit more. So I looked into it. It was like a national essay competition, like mm-hmm. the whole U.S. And the award was a 5K scholarship, which I could have definitely used. But on top of that, they flew you out to New York and D.C. for like this huge summit and banquet. And I was like going through the pictures, looking at it. And I was like, I want to be there. So like I cropped that pic, made it my background and started writing my essay. Gotcha. Uh, I wrote the essay in like a week. No, 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 no. I wrote the essay in like three, four days because I found out about it pretty late. Yeah. Didn't even get to like give it to anybody to review. Submitted it. I was like, all right, throwing it up to God. Let's see what happens. Get an email a few weeks later. And they're like, congratulations. You've been selected as one of like 40 out of hundreds of applicants for the scholarship, blah, blah, blah. Who is like, who, presenting the scholarship? Executive Leadership Council. Which is basically the um, like preeminent organization for uh, black senior leaders in in uh, corporate America. Gotcha. So like basically the top bosses, the top black bosses, and all the biggest companies. Gotcha. And uh, so you know, in October, first time uh, getting flown out anywhere, <laughs> I get on this plane. And that's nice when you don't have to pay for like a $500 so plane nice. ticket, bro. It was nice. And I'm pretty you sure don't have it was to fly spirit. Time. You get to fly like an actual airline. I'm saying though. <laughs> spirit, we didn't mean that. Please sponsor us, man. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that was my first time flying since like, oh no, I'm lying. I definitely flew before that. But, um, yeah, so I get to New York and, um, I get off, I'm going like out of LaGuardia and they're taking me on my way to like the hotel. I'm expecting like, you know, just something regular, bro. They take me to Times Square (laughs) and the F and W, the W hotel in Times Square. I'm on like the 40, 50, 60 something floor and it's my own room. Like I'm not sharing with anybody. I'm like, oh, they got money. And so that was, that was crazy. And I like start meeting a bunch of the other people who would, who would, uh, who were like involved in the program. And it was like juniors and seniors. I was like one, I was one of very few sophomores. And I was like, oh, it's like that. Okay, bet. And so just like knowing that I had that, um, like on my shoulders, just like made me like want it that more, like while I was there, just getting after everything. Yeah. And so 
for the like the first two or three days we were in New York and we we're visiting like a bunch of the companies that some of these um, members are represented by. So like we met with the CEO of American Express, Ken Chenault. He was cool. Uh, NBA, um, L'Oreal. Okay, so I went to a bunch of places and no cap. L'Oreal was the nicest office, bro. Of course, like, you got to, bro. How are you in the makeup? That L'Oreal office was crazy. You're in the makeup business, bro. You better front for everybody, bro. <laughs> but yeah, a bunch of those. And um, that was super cool. Um, and it was people from everywhere. Like, that was the first time I'd really been in a room with, like, a bunch of super well-spoken, super ambitious, driven, accomplished, like, young black people. Yeah. And so that inspired me greatly inspired me to do a lot of the things I've done now. But out of that event, I had gotten an opportunity to interview with this bank for an internship in the summer. I was like, I'm a sophomore, you know, I haven't really started applying internships yet, you know, might as well. So I put my name down, not really expecting anything. I got called in, like, bet. (laughs) And it was with JP Morgan, right? And I wanted to be a finance major, but I didn't really know too much about finance. So I didn't even realize, like, that was a big deal. And so I didn't even really prepare for the interview. I had, like, two days. And uh, it wasn't until, like, on our train ride from New York to D.C., when I started talking to somebody else who was interviewing, they were telling me all about it. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I have this interview tomorrow, and this is some serious stuff. And so I started prepping, like, that night. Prepped in the morning. Went into the interview the next day. Killed that shit. Killed that shit. And, um, <laughs> they like, I was in the banquet later that night, and I get a call while I'm in the banquet. I step out. And it's from the recruiter. Yeah. Like a few hours later, she's uh-huh. like, oh, Alan, blah, blah, blah. I loved you, blah, blah, blah. Want to offer you the job. But we want to offer it to you for Dallas. Because like a dumbass, I had prepped Dallas as my first option. Dallas is trash. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and you I, know there's another Dallas person right here, right? You're from Laredo. <laughs> I hope you hurt that side. I hope you hurt that side. I'm going to do it again. Oh, <laughs> and so... Um, I don't know if it was just like a stroke of boldness or just like a stroke of vision, but I was like, no, I got to aim higher. And so I told her I wouldn't accept it if it was in Dallas. And so she told me, cause she was like, cause she was walking me through all the details. Bro, and everything. She's like, how the fuck are you not going to accept I it know, for I Dallas know, when I know, you fucking I wrote know, Dallas down? I know. I'm like, this motherfucker here. Bruh, it's crazy. She was like walking me through it. And, um, I was like, I started thinking more and more. I was like, damn, I could have really put anything. It's like, I don't really yes. want I was like, I've, this is my first internship. I have another whole another summer. Like, this isn't like super binding. It's not like the one that's gonna, yeah. you know, like I have to get this return yeah, yeah. offer. So like, I need to have fun with it. And so I um, I didn't want to be in Dallas. And uh, she she asked me like, honestly, like, how are you feeling about this offer and everything? And I was like, honestly, I wouldn't take it if it was in Dallas. She was like, okay, I'll talk to them. We'll see what we can do for you. She calls me the next, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, she calls me the next day. Banquet's over. I'm getting off the plane in, I forgot where, but I get off the plane. I have a missed call from her. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to call her back. Call her back. She tells me, yo, um, the guys really liked you, blah, blah, blah. So they wanted to offer you a couple more options. She's like, on top of Dallas, we have Atlanta, um, St. Louis, and go to St. Louis. Los Angeles. And I just kind of like... St. Louis. Um, and I just kind of like, she, the bro, yeah, she knew what she was doing too. She like did the long pause at the end. So I like kind of held my breath for like four seconds. Like, what? I was like, are you serious? <laughs> she was like, how does that sound? I was like, that sounds amazing. 
so I, long story short, I hit her back the next week, accepted, and yeah, that look was crazy. It was amazing. Wait, hold on. You're 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 not telling the people the craziest part about you going to this banquet, man. Who you met? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you funny. Um, in the middle of the banquet, bro. So like I said, they're super connected. Like top of the top people are in that organization. So we're in the banquet and just minding our business, minding our business. And out of nowhere, like this guy comes out and he's introducing somebody. Oh, no, 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 I'm lying, I'm lying, I'm lying. Go back, go back. We're sitting there waiting and because we're like waiting on the stage because that's where everything was taking place. It was just quiet. Nothing was happening. We're like, yeah, what's going on? Out of nowhere, spotlight, boom, shines on a piano at the piano Michael Jackson is freaking not Michael Jackson, (laughs) John Legend. And bro, he just goes into ordinary people like nothing. I was so shook. (laughs) I was was, because I'm a huge John Legend fan. Like, that's my guy. And I'm just I'm going crazy. Just like recording all the girls are screaming. Oh, my God. You're the most excited. You're screaming the loudest out of everybody. It might have been something like that. (laughs) (laughs) and like later whenever we were um going up on the stage to get our awards and everything while we were backstage he walks past us right next to you like two inches away and yet like this is kind of sad so after everybody had realized he was in there and he had like come to sit down after he was performing and everything he gave an award to somebody he um he was like sitting on the far side compared to where we were and this girl at my table knew like she was connected to somebody else and he's like hey you want to be john legend what the she was like yeah and so she goes with him and i was so mad because like me and this me and this <laughs> other kid who goes to ncat we like followed them trying to get in and i see this girl get introduced to john legend like shaking hand all of that and i'm like okay like obviously he's just a regular person but i'm trying to be john legend like, Real talk, bro. i'm trying to be john legend <laughs> get a little bit of that swag out man and so yeah no that was wished yeah Dude, I, that was I, an l I think it's I think it's bullshit that you have to act cool around like famous people like you don't fucking adore them and fucking love them man like when 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 are you ever gonna get to meet John Legend again man he's just a person shit are you more talented than me I'd rather meet Nipsey Hussle damn oh, man bro. we we talked about Nipsey Hussle on our last it's podcast it was a pretty intense podcast, but um, that's really cool you guys do that, man. Especially just John Legend. I was honestly thinking Barack Obama was there, just chilling. <laughs> bro, bro even Barack crazier, Obama. they played a video that he pre-recorded directly addressing us, like on the big screen. So you got both John Lennon and Barack and Obama. And Barack Obama. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Wait, did he say your name? No. Oh, fuck. Dude, I wish. Dude, I remember when Obama was here for the concert benefit for hurricane uh harvey mm-hmm. fam just being in the same room as obama man i was so you mean the same hundred and eight thousand the same is- room <laughs> as obama man i lost my mind the same five mile radius Dude, <laughs> i saw the tickets and i was like i'm good how much no yeah. i mean i i opened them right when they came out yeah and then i was like i'm good like wow. an idiot played yourself i played wow. myself hard and they were i mean i think the cheapest seats were like 40 bucks and it had 60 and then 50. yeah i wasn't trying to pay for that and i was like you know what man when 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 will i have another opportunity to see off five presidents and then lady plus gaga, lady gaga plus lady gaga that's like the sixth president bro that's the <laughs> bro as much as we paid this damn university they should have paid for it, it should have been free to students i think that really leads into an interesting conversation specifically about the university and that's like 
I mean, do you are you bought into the traditions as what the marketing would suggest? Are you like really into like the history of all this stuff? Do you want to know the honest answer? Yeah. The only thing I love about AM is the sports. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. I do like that we instill some sorts of respect and, you know, um, honor. And just we kind of have like something set in sound. Like we're we're pretty much just good kids, you know? Um, but I don't really care about the traditions that much. I mean <sighs> Like, what other traditions are there, though, that are really worth noting? I mean, saying howdy to people. Um, silver Taps is really cool. Yeah, I've never I been to Silver, silver Taps. Taps. Silver Taps what? is awesome. I've never been. It's great. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what Silver Taps, uh, Texas A&M here, once a year, every year, honors every Aggie who's passed away in the last year. More than once a year. They do it. Yeah, but those aren't... Those aren't is that silver taps? That's muster. That's muster. That's muster. Yeah, I'm thinking. Am I? Am I I'm, I'm talking about muster. Right? Talking muster. I'm talking muster. Yes, silver taps is every month. Uh, if 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 someone passes away, yeah. hopefully no. Hopefully that we actually would prefer no silver taps, right? <laughs> but um, every month people gather 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 together to um, honor the memory of those fallen Aggies and know that they're they will never be forgotten. Yeah, so silver taps is just current students. Muster is all Aggies yeah, worldwide. That's correct. Yeah, but um, going back to speaking about like the hype behind A and M, me and Alan have had conversations about this. You know that I don't know. I feel like I've never really been quote unquote brainwashed into the Aggies traditions and and saying and being super red ass man. But I mean, Alan, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Mm, what in what way? Like a lot of the times, it feels. Like, we don't really have a say in the matter, you know? Like, okay, you go to A&M, you have to be a certain way, you have to feel a certain way, you have to do certain things to be, you know, considered a, a red-ass true Aggie, and everybody <laughs> who doesn't do it is a two-percenter, mm -hmm. and you hate this university, right? And that's really what it feels like. It feels very binary. Either you love this university more than anything, and you buy into every little, every little nook and cranny, right? Or mm -hmm. either you... You're just here just for school, and, and you're really not eager to be a part of all that stuff. I feel like a good way to, like, highlight that is through fish camp. Yeah. <clears throat> so, obviously, so with, with like, A&M and its whole, like, tradition thing, I feel like a lot of the traditions don't really make sense, but they, they were created so long ago, and there's, like, this legacy, mm -hmm. and my dad's 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 dad dad, like, went here, so, like, it's, it's honored, right? Yeah. And so... A lot of the traditions really feel like, I don't know, it feels like it was made by, like, one secret family, and they just, like, <laughs> they just control everything. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, you see that, like, with students. So, there's a lot of people who come to A&M, obviously, because their parents or whatever came here, too. Yeah. There's a lot of people who just come because they know people who came here. And so, I wouldn't say majority, but I'd say, like, a lot of students have similar experiences because they buy into that, but they have... Like prior knowledge so for the group of students the first gen kids the international yeah. students the people who have no idea whenever they come here i feel like the way that they try to um educate them about the, about the culture they're not going about it the right way because mm -hmm. majority of it is basically like assimilation by peer pressure yeah like you have to do this because you're an aggie yep not because it's something that's actually valuable and cool blah 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 mm. 
And so I feel like, so fish camp is a great way to highlight that. Like you pull up in the middle of the woods to this place with no cell reception, no Wi-Fi, all these, you come out of a bus and all these kids are running at you super weird, bro. Like super hype, super hype. They have their faces like pierced. They got like tattoos. Everybody got like weird hair colors and like weird stuff, whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. And they say it's to like make you feel more comfortable, but that never made me feel comfortable. <laughs> and so like the whole time <laughs> you're there for like three, four days, bro. Bro, they just want an excuse to be weird, man. Absolutely. It's really what it is, man. <laughs> and the whole time they're just trying to get you to get out of your comfort zone, which in theory is a very, very good thing because yeah. you make good friends that way. But I just feel like th- they go about it. They go about it. Doing the things in, in way. weird ways, in very weird ways. And I don't think any of us are here saying that we don't like A&M. Obviously we, not. I love A&M. I love the people that that I've come to meet, the professors, uh, the students, the faculty, you know. I mean, I owe so much to this university. But at the same time, man, there are a lot of weird things out there, man, that a lot of us don't fucking question. I think mm. we should start questioning a little bit more. Like, fam, why do I, why do I have to stand, like, three hours Every football game, just because one dude did it like a hundred years ago, man. <laughs> like, can I sit down? No, because people will want to fight you. People will want to fight. If you're sitting down in the game, everybody stand up, do this, do that, uncover. Like, <laughs> why are you doing that voice? Because that's what some of those people Yo. sound like, man. Like, bro. like, bro, I can't just sit down for two. My feet hurt, man. You don't know my situation. I got a bad back. You don't know what's going on. Dudes will get angry like if you just punch their mom in the fucking face if you don't follow every little fucking goddamn tradition. I feel like if you can't criticize something, you don't truly love it. Hey, man. Like, bro, I always tell people that. You man. just sound brainwashed if you can't say something. Bro, if somebody can't say about something it. about something you like. This podcast sucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> podcast is trash. Canceled. Can't cancel this shit. Yeah, man, but God, people take some of this shit way too seriously, dude. Like, um, just it's exhausting sometimes. You know, <laughs> like I don't know how y'all keep up with all the traditions, know all the songs, dude. It took me until my sophomore year to to know the the War Hymn, <laughs> which is like the A and M fight song. I barely figured it out, man. Like <laughs> junior year, I was like, dude, I gotta know it now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll never know it. But that's too much to remember, man. I got I gotta like be on Instagram all day, bro. Like I got, I don't got time to learn that shit. Somebody's gonna be triggered about this shit too. Why? Somebody's gonna be mad that I'm talking bad crap about some of these crazy ass people on campus. <sighs> yeah. Oh, so Alan, so you went to LA, you were there, you entered Alan has a crazy stories and he probably can't talk about it on the fucking podcast. Not on there. Bro, but for those of you who are familiar with any rap music you know about the Soho house, right? And I always thought, I was like, I mean, I always hear about the Soho house. Is that like an actual place you can go? Alan, okay, actually, I'm going to tell you the story. I know yeah, where you're Alan, going. Alan had the opportunity to actually fucking go where all these rappers always talk about fucking going. Okay, so, um, bro, there was re- this one really cool party. I forgot where it was. I think it was either Hollywood or um, uh, Hidden Hills. One of those two. But... I don't even remember what, how we got the address and everything. How did that happen? Bro, we got out of this concert. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a Burning Boy concert, African artist. And we get in this Uber. You know, it was me and my homie. We're broke, so we did a shared. I forgot. What are those called? Uber pool. <laughs> we do an Uber pool, right? Well, you never and, struggled until you had to do an Uber pool. Thing. I'm telling you. I hit the fuck out nah, of Uber In pools. LA, bro, they're so cheap. Mm. They're just so cheap. And it doesn't add that much time. 
we were in no rush. So we hop in yeah. the Uber pool and this girl gets in with us. We're like, oh, it's going to be weird. But she was actually super cool. And we were talking to her, blah, blah, blah. She knew a lot of the people that my friend knew. So that kicked things off. And she uh, she was from Austin. I'm from Texas. Like, that was easy connection. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how we got the address. So we got the drop on that. And a couple, <clears throat> a couple like, I think it was either next weekend or the weekend after. We get this address for, uh, like, this crazy party going on in either Hollywood or Hidden Hills. We Uber there pull up we're on the list and everything we get in and bro it was so wild it was so wild but like literally we go inside the airbnb and i see like a lincoln park plaque gold plaque on the wall like oh it's that kind of party yeah it's a rich famous person's house like nothing like super casual it's funny because like as big as no matter what place but as big as la is like you'll always see people you know we met a guy um how do we meet? we met him at the concert too mm-hmm. he was there and um we were cool with him so and even after that like we got super cool with him like, how crazy I still, was this party i'm not gonna go into details but um like cops pulled up right <laughs> and uh they switched locations they're like everybody go to this address like instantly i don't know if they had a backup or what but so we go to the new location that place was dope and we go in there and um it's like smaller but like more people start showing up and the DJ was like, all right. And my friend DJs. And so he's like, yo, let me hop on. DJ's like, all right, bet. Our friend hops on and bro, he kills it. Like we turned that whole place up. Like everybody paying attention to the DJ booth. I'm behind the scene. And it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Um, but what was like in Soho House was wild. So, um, oh, this is crazy because it actually relates to the story I said earlier. So ELC, the vice president of the ELC, actually lived in LA mm-hmm. and my like a mentor from ALC told me to reach out to him so I hit him up email him not expecting him to respond he responds and his assistant like sets up a time for us to meet I had like hit him up two weeks before I left and of course the first day he's available to meet is the day the last day of my internship <laughs> I'm like okay bet luckily they had let us go early that day so I get out at like noon and um that morning because the whole time we were communicating she was like yeah he'll meet you at this time on this day she had never set a location so that morning i'm like wait uh where are we where are we meeting at and she hits me back soho house sends the address she's like just say you're on the list i'm like okay <clears throat> any place um, when you're on the fucking list bro is wild i'm like okay and so uh my friend drops me off and um I like go inside like this weird, it was this big ass building and I walk in and it's like glass sculptures and stuff. And like, that wasn't even the actual Soho house. I had to go through like some back, no, I had to go in the elevator and the guy asked me, where are you going? I said, uh, Soho house. He hit some button that's not even on the actual like thing. <laughs> he opened up some secret <laughs> compartments and oh, I got you fam. Right so here. we go underground. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You went underground? It was either underground. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was underground. Yeah, because we went down and okay. I was on the base level. So we go underground and I ha- have to go to this like whole new different door. And I go to the door and this like there's like three girls behind the desk and they ask me, who are you here with? I say the name on the list. Okay, bet. She walks me over to this other elevator. We go up. I don't know how many floors, but we went high because there was actually no numbers. We go up high. And I get out of the elevators and bro, it was like a movie. 
it's like this spiral staircase. And it wasn't spiral. I see this. No, it was spiral. There's this like spiral staircase, like a wall of glass. And you can see like all of downtown LA. I look to the right and it's like a full service restaurant. And I'm like, damn. And so he like told me specifically where to go. But there's like no signs because it's a Soho house. Yeah. So I'm like asking, I'm like doing laps trying to figure out where this is at. I figure it out. They're like, oh, you're in here. And I walk in and bro, it was so crazy. Like that food was so good. And I was just like looking around because I was trying to be natural, you know, like you got to act like you've been there before. So it's not like I was just like, oh, I wonder who's here. I wonder who's here. Just like checking for celebrities because Soho house, you have to. It's like reserved for people in uh, creative communities. So like writers, actors, directors, like that type of stuff. And um, he's not a, he's not any of those. So I'm like, how did you get out of this? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but bro, that restaurant was crazy, crazy. And he knew everybody, of course. And um, after our meeting, because we had met in like the like eating area uh-huh. so after we finished eating he like walks me and we were in there for like an hour just talking about everything just put me up on game telling me what he'd done recently in the past year since i've seen him after we finished he like takes me downstairs right and he goes to the valet to get his car of course like you know it's so great blah blah, blah. meeting with you look for blah 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 and i'm like i gotta go use the bathroom real quick and so i like go back inside but i don't go to the bathroom because obviously like i'm in a soho house i'm about to go back up <laughs> i'm about to go explore <laughs> so i go all the way back up and i start exploring um talking to different people like i talked to a couple of directors a couple of writers i go outside and i have I, did i show you the video of me out because i said like there was a huge like wall of glass right and you mm-hmm. could see the well you could actually go outside so I go outside, I'm literally standing. It had to be, have been like at least like 30 floors. And I can see like everything, bro. It was wild. It was wild. That was a cool, that was a cool experience. Alan is an international man, a mystery man. So hey, chill, 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 he, goes, chill. He, he goes from Dallas to New York. And New York, he finds a job in LA, does a bunch of crazy shit that he can't fucking ever fucking tell us, right? And then now he's going back to New York for another internship this fucking summer. So you better get access to the Soho House in New York, bro. I'm going to come fucking see you out there and we're going to take the city down, bro. Imagine a Soho Facts. House in Texas and we're on there. We're on that list. It'd have to be in Austin. Yeah, I was going to say it would have to be in Austin, bro. Bro, if I ever get into the Soho House just off of me, fam. Dude, this is why we got to get this podcast bigger, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now we get access to the fucking Soho house, bro. Do you think, like, one of the most popular podcasters, like Joe Rogan, do you think he would be in the Soho house? Maybe, but I don't think he's the type to go to the Soho house. He's so, not. <laughs> I don't think he'd. I, I don't, don't know him personally, but I don't think so. Yeah, he could if he want. If he wanted to get in, I'm pretty sure they let him in. Oh, it's fucking Joe Rogan, man. Did we need to get on Joe Rogan's podcast, bro? I actually like his podcast. Yeah, I like most of his podcasts too, man. I have never heard, but I heard they're pretty wild. Yeah, they're pretty good, man. You gotta watch them. They're way better if you watch them. Oh yeah, hundred fucking percent, man. But I mean, I don't have anything else, guys. You got anything else? Um, no, I don't have anything else. You got anything you want to say? Yeah, anything you want to say, Alan? Plug, plug, plug your show that you're having in town soon. Oh, yeah. So we have a show coming up 
uh, April 26th and 27th, Friday and Saturday. <laughs> if those are the wrong dates, just look for the Friday and Saturday. Um, it'll be in College Station, DE Gallery off of University. Um, if anything, follow Grand Yellow Calderon on Instagram Sp- because spell that out for I'm going to spell it out for yeah, sure because yeah. that's where we post all the updates and everything. Instagram and Twitter, but mostly Instagram. And that's G R A N I E L L O C A L D. E R O N. All right. Well, Ray, you got anything else? Well, keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Wait, what the fuck is that from? <laughs> do, do. <laughs> All right, man. I guess that's where we're gonna end it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure to like, listen, subscribe, share, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>